hey internet and welcome back to the intoxicated podcast this is a podcast where i have my friends on they choose a alcohol and we talk about something that they have experience in it's kind of like a drinking variety talk show so glad i'm finally getting around to recording this intro it has been an insanely busy week for me i was unable to record this weekend but i was able to fit an episode in yesterday so i turned this one around pretty quick This week, my friend Wendy comes back on the podcast. Wendy's first episode on the show goes all the way back to episode 12, which was a awesome episode, and I knew she'd come back on. This week, we are talking about something a little more serious. This is a little more serious of an episode, but this is a great episode. We actually talk about loss and grieving, and And the importance of staying positive while you're grieving. Wendy sadly lost her dad just back in January on New Year's Day. And she's been through a hell of a time. She was brave enough to come on the show and talk about the grieving process, um, which is something that I actually don't have too much experience in. I've only lost one super close family member in my life, thankfully. But I have had a lot of friends that have lost parents. So I do think this is an episode everyone can relate to, whether you've lost somebody and you've gone through it, whether you're currently going through it, or if you are friends with somebody who's going through it. It was a very powerful episode. It was a quieter episode. But in that way, it did actually feel more calming in a strange way. Um, this is an emotional one, guys. I'm not going to lie to you. Uh, but I think it's an important conversation to have. And I cannot thank Wendy and enough for being so brave to come on the podcast to talk about this. She is a very strong lady and I really, really hope you take something away from it because I sure did. It was a great conversation. We ended up talking for quite a bit after that, actually. I was super tempted to turn the mic on for a girl talk that we had and make it like a higher up Patreon level because whew, I've gone through some shit recently that I want to talk about. I ended up not doing that. Um, Maybe in the future. You never know. But speaking of Patreon, I want to give a huge shout out to Zoe and Tyler. Thank you so much, guys, for contributing to the podcast. Um, these are high roller Patreons. They are actually $10 and up Patreons, so they do get early access to episodes and bonus content and all that fun stuff. If you yourself are interested in becoming a member of our Patreon community, you can check out our Patreon page at patreon.com slash intoxicated. And of course, do make Make sure you are subscribed to the podcast on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcasting app. Make sure you hit that subscribe button and don't miss an episode. Also, head on over to Facebook and Instagram and find us at Intoxicated Podcast and on Twitter at in underscore toxicated. Feel free to send me your questions, your dirty secrets, your feedback about the show to our Gmail account, and that is intoxicatedpodcast at gmail.com. That's about it, you guys. I really hope you enjoy this very special and very beautiful episode with Wendy. Oh, welcome back, everybody, <laughs> to Intoxicated Podcast for another kind of a girl-toxicated episode with a different spin, I think, this week. Um, returning guest, Wendy. Hey. Welcome back, <laughs> Wendy. I've been wanting to have you back on for a while now. I'm so happy that Wendy's here. Um, so this is Intoxicated. I may or may not do an intro for this. So I'm going to do my little intro right now. If you're new to this podcast, um, essentially what it is is I do have my friends on and we pick a subject that that friend is an expert in or has experiences in or has stories about, something like that. And they choose a booze and we drink and talk 
and that's intoxicated. <laughs> so, um, Wendy did Wendy, you did an epic episode on your last one. Thank you. Did you Thank know? You. And you might not know, but I had an intoxicated awards. What? Uh, at the year point for the year anniversary. Congratulations! And you won. I think it was either silver or bronze in in girl talk moment. Are you kidding me? Yeah, yeah. Oh best God. girl talk moment when we start talking about porn on your episode. <laughs> and there's a clip. I put a clip in of us talking no. about it. So congratulations! Oh my God! I, I well, you can tell when I get a little tipsy because well, tipsy <laughs> with my girlfriends because porn comes up. Porn comes up a lot. Um, I, can't I actually think it might have been gold. I'll have to go back and double check. Oh my god! You might have won. won gold, but there was like three clips that I chose that were like girl talk moments. <laughs> and your your episode stands out because here's the thing about me and Wendy: like we don't hang out that much, but when yeah. we do, it's kind of like a sleepover. Yeah, yeah, you know what I mean. Like I love it. I feel like because we both go to trivia, where we're, we're kind of in a group setting with a bunch of guys. And, like, we don't always get the chance to, like, girl talk. Yeah. So this podcast is kind of our chance to do that. Well, it's hard to do so, around all the guys. Oh, my God. It really, really is. Because like, they're just like, ugh, <laughs> girls. Stop coming no. at me with all these feelings. It's like, I'm interested oh. to hear this, but no. <laughs> That's essentially it. They're all probably nodding their heads right now. They're like, yep, that sounds about right. Thanks for taking the weight off uh, us, Wendy. But... So we are drinking wine. We are drinking, uh, it's Pellar Estates Pinot Grigio and it's $9.99 and I'm pretty sure this is the wine that we drank on, on your last episode. I think it is because it's good shit. As stated in the previous podcast, it has to be very low in cost and very high in percentage. Yeah. And white. It's a higher percentage than it is in cost. Because it's 12% and it's $9.99. So it fucking works. So let's bring it in. Oh, my God. Her glass is empty already. So I, I can get you more. I'm actually just going to bring the bottle over. Yeah, it's going to be a it's gonna be a doozy. It's going to be a doozy of an episode. We got the wine on the go. We need to do a cheers before we start because that is tradition. So cheers. Yum, yum. Perfect. So... So the reason that we say it's a doozy of an episode, um, so you've gone through some very hard times recently. Yes. Since we've last hung out. Yes. Because that would have been in the summer. Okay. So when I, when I approached you to come on the show, and I gotta say too, like, thanks so much for coming on so, like, last minute, kind of. Like, I was, like, so freaking busy this week and, like, could not record on the weekend, like, Losing a weekend for me is really puts me back with the show because normally that's when I record. And so I'm like, oh my God, like, who can I reach out to? And I was like, okay, Wendy. And then I, I suggested a subject, but like, that was kind of off limits a little bit. I want to talk about dating more. But um, you would rather talk about something a little bit deeper than that. Yes. And a little bit harder. Yeah. Now, but this is a subject that I think. A lot of people will relate to, Mm -hmm. and it's not an easy one. So, like, on my show, I have really fucking silly episodes sometimes. I do episodes about makeup and Taylor Swift albums and (laughs) (laughs) dating and sex and stuff like that, and that's all fun. But guess what? Like, there's a lot of other shit that happens in life that ain't so fun. Yes. So, I'm just going to hand it over to you. Um, what, what, What happened... In the last, was it last few months? When did it happen? 
January 1st, so New Year's oh, Day. Oh my gosh, that's right. It was January 1st. Holy shit. Yeah, so it's been four months. It's been four months, so a few months ago. Yeah, um, I got the call from my mom that my father slipped and fell on the ice. Fuck. Putting up a bird feeding bell because he <sighs> loves to watch the birds from the picture window. Mm. Um, said that, you know, an ambulance came, they took him to the hospital, he has a concussion, He'll be coming out the next day. Right. So I was like, okay, fine. You know, I took it surprisingly really hard. Like, I was at work and it was around two and I was like, okay, I need to go on break because I was just crying. Oh, my God. Um, well, when you get any call about your parents. Yeah, like they're in the when hospital. You get a call from or about your parents. Yeah. I feel like a lot of people our age will instantly go into like, yeah. holy shit. And especially whenever my mom calls, she always starts it with, not an emergency. Right. And Just then goes on. Yeah. Like, yeah. Right so away. when she called and she didn't say that right away, I'm like, oh, God. Oh, shit. So I was like, okay, fine. Keep me updated. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I went through my shift, still feeling like a roof off. Um, yeah. It's hard. It would be hard to concentrate after that. Yeah, it was. But work was a good distraction. Right. I got the phone call the next day. From my mom, and she couldn't talk, so she passed the phone over to my sister. Oh, my God. And my sister said that it's not looking good. You should probably come home. Oh. So I was like, okay, I'm going to find a way. Like, I'm I'm going to do it. I'll be there as soon as I can. Okay. A half hour later, she called again. My sister called, and... She was saying that the doctors missed in the CAT scan that he cracked his skull and there was hemorrhaging in the brain and that he wasn't going to make it and I needed to come down to Antigonish and say goodbye. Mm. Uh, So that was difficult. And Um, you were in Halifax at that point? I was in Halifax. I, after I hung up the phone, it was, I don't think I've ever cried that hard before. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I got access to a car and drove down to Anaganish, checked into a hotel, and then went to the hospital, and just to, like, walk in and see your dad laying there unconscious when he came up to visit 11 days beforehand, Mm. and he was, like, you know, happy and bubbly and throwing out one-liners and laughing at his own jokes. (laughs) Right. (laughs) To seeing him laying there. Breathing with a breathing tube, and that was it. Fuck. Um, so, yeah, I got to talk to the doctor, and they were talking about options, what to do. And he, his plan was to donate his body to science at Dalhousie. That wow. has always been his plan. He had all the paperwork done and everything. Really? Yeah. Um, but when he did pass away, like, we were all there. Okay. My sister and I's godparents were both there to help support the family and us. Um, but yeah, when he did pass away, um, Dalhousie had their maximum at the moment. Oh. So we didn't know what to do for plan B. We knew he wanted to be cremated and he didn't want like a funeral or anything, but it was just, you know, we knew that he wanted to have his body donated. And we're like, okay, now we have to switch gears. 
figure something else and try out. to figure something else out. Come up with the money to pay for the cremation. Fuck. And we're just like, well, what are we gonna do? Like we're scrambling, and you know, we all just kind of pulled together and came up with the money for it because you have to. You can't just leave them there. So yeah, that was uh, hard. I think seeing my mom was the hardest. Right. Dad treated her like a queen for 37 years. Mom didn't have to do anything. She, you know, didn't have to pay a bill. She never had to go grocery shopping. Like, she was completely taken care of by him. So she was spiraling and spiraling. And I had to be the adult. Right. I had to stand firm. And speak to her firm, too, because she was just panicking. Just like, what am I going to do about the bills? And, like, it was... Did she ever work? Yeah, she she works. Um, She's been working for, I think, 15 years now. Mm. So, anyway, she has income coming in. And the house is paid for and everything. So, thankfully, she has that. Like, she's fine now. Like, she's set. Um, But it's just the sudden shift in responsibility. and Exactly. Like, poor mom. She's, like, an extremely strong woman. Mm -hmm. But to have something like that so sudden happen, like, anyone's going to tailspin. It's interesting because I feel like if that happened in my parent, with my parents, it would be the other way around. I think that my mom has taken care of my dad. Yeah. Like... This entire time, and I like it's oh my gosh, it sucks to instantly go to logistical things like that. But like, how can you not? Your brain is trying to figure out what the fuck just happened. Yeah, like I didn't, you know, I got a chance to say goodbye to dad and you know, have those that moment just the two of us and just thanking him for everything he's done because he's always put us first. Um, and it was really nice to have those moments just alone with him and just, you know, to touch his skin and give him kisses and the head and everything. And, but at the same time, you have to be really, really strong. Like, I had to be really strong for my mom. Mm-hmm. And, because she was, you know, she'd be saying these things like, what am I going to do? I'm not going to be able to live without him. And, like, I don't want to go on. I'm like, like, oh. mom, you need to stop. Right. Dad may not be awake, but he can hear what you're saying. And he, we do not want him going, hearing you say this stuff. So you need to just focus on what's happening right now and we'll deal with everything later. Yes. That's a really good. Yeah. Yeah. So when he did finally pass away, like we waited for his best friends to come down from Dartmouth so they could say goodbye. And then we took out the breathing tube. And we were all standing around him. That's beautiful, though. Yeah. It is beautiful. I'm sorry. At least you're all there. Yeah. Um. I think that's how we all want to go in a way, right? I mean, no one wants to go. Yeah, he was in his sleep. I'm going to cry now. (laughs) It's okay. I know it's a... a (laughs) Well, because you picture, I think, when this happens to a friend of yours, like, you, you picture it happening to you. Yeah. Because for so much of our lives as as teenagers or it it's not even in our minds. And it, when it's an accident, it's never in our minds. No. We never, we never think the person that, that raised us is just going to go like that so unexpectedly. Yeah, you think you'd have time. Yeah. Do you know how some last 
times together experiences, but yeah. I didn't. Um, but yeah. he, he heard you. Yeah, and I'm he really, really grateful that I got to say goodbye and we were there. Um, But the one thing from that was, you know, when he did finally take his final last breaths on his own, he just looked completely different. Like, his jaw was open and, like, the color was draining from his face. And I have flashbacks of that moment. Like, fuck. It would be completely random times and... To have, like, that picture flash in your head. Mm-hmm. And especially if you're at work on, you know, helping people. And all you want to do is just, you know, collapse and hold your head and scream and just try to get this image out of your head. It's really hard. But he was asleep, though, right? He was asleep. But then but then there was, like, obviously physical things happening. Yeah, he was... He yeah. was dying. Fuck. And... So, yeah, that was a really hard time. Um, I can't imagine. We did stay in the room for a little bit after. Mom stayed for a lot longer, but I was like, Mom, I don't want to remember him this way. Uh-huh. Exactly. So, I'm going to be down in the waiting room, down the hall. If you need me, give a call. Like, I just don't want to see him like this anymore because, you know, obviously seeing him like that has left a lasting impression on my mind yeah where i'm having these flashbacks of it yeah yeah it reminds me of um the, i hate bringing gray's anatomy up bring it <laughs> but there was a scene in gray's well have you have you watched it yeah i don't want to spoil okay so like the denny scene like yeah. when when ooh, spoilers for gray's anatomy maybe stop listening right now <laughs> but um the scene where denny dies um and and uh fuck what's her name iggy Mm-hmm. Iggy? Izzy. Izzy. Iggy. Iggy. <laughs> and Izzy was there with him and he and he died. And like the friends were trying to take her away. I mean, mm. like, this isn't him anymore. Like, he's gone. It's yeah. not him anymore. You need to like you need to leave the body be. Yeah. Kind of mom, thing. It's kind of similar. Yeah. Oh, so bad. Like mom kept on hugging him and crying and just <sighs> wailing. Like I've never heard someone cry like that before. And just, like, saying, don't leave me, and, you know, I can't go on without you, and just... It's heartbreaking. It really was. And, you know, my sister and I had a really good moment, because we we haven't really been that close for the past couple of years. Oh, yeah. Um, That's right. But, you know, we came together for this. Yeah. And, there, like, I left the room, and she came out shortly after, and we just met in the hallway... And we just kind of, like, collapsed into each other's arms and hugged. And then we walked down the hall holding hands, just like a zombie down to the waiting room, just so we could go into another area and just, you know, just let it all out. Right. And my sister is very, like, detail-oriented. Thank God she was here to help with that, because... Right. She took care of everything. She took care of all the lawyers. She took care of all, um, like, any bills or anything under his name or the car and, you know, the funeral. Like, Crystal was on it. She did it all. Logistics. Yeah. Thank God. Because the day after Dad passed, I came back to Halifax. Mm -hmm. Because I felt like there was nothing I could do. Right. 
and like I wanted to be there for my mom, but if I knew I was there for her taking care of her, I wouldn't be able to grieve myself. I was just thinking that like when you were saying about how you had to be strong for her. Mm-hmm. I think it's important for people to realize that you can't be strong all the time. No. And though it's very brave for you to be strong for someone, especially your mom, um, you got to have those moments yourself. You got to be, you gotta, I hate to say it this way, but you got to be weak. You got to be a mess. You got to cry. Exactly. That's you got to scream. Like you owe yourself that because if you don't, if you don't do that or if you don't find a way to do that, um, it's going to pile up inside of you and it's just gonna explode into something something else yeah and you know you may explode at something completely minute and it's just why is all this rage coming and yeah yeah so yeah so i came back to halifax i did feel guilty for leaving you know mom and crystal to deal with all the details but i had to come back just you know to feel everything um and luckily like, my mom and sister and, like, dad, like, they all live together. So, my day-to-day wasn't affected. Like, it right. didn't have as much as, like, a day-to-day impact on my life versus them. Right. That's very true. So, it was a bit easier for me to... Distract deal. yourself, probably. Yeah. Um. Yeah, so I came home. I was dropped off by my boyfriend because he came down with me just to support. So was he there at the hospital with you? Yeah. That's nice. He was That's in the waiting good. room. He wanted to, he respected our space and just wanted to. That's good. He was just there if we needed him. And right. aside from that, he was just off on his own, doing his own thing. Yeah. It was perfect the way it happened. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So I, I came home and I was by myself and I bought a pack of cigarettes. So I started smoking again because I was like, you know, whatever. I don't care. Like, I haven't smoked in a, eight years. But I was like, you know, fuck it. I don't. I need something, a stress relief. Hell yeah. This is, I don't, like, I'm not going to do it forever. This is just a temporary thing. And, you know, I, I got a couple of beer and I was drinking those. And so I was really trying to just numb myself yeah like i I want i wanted to be able to grieve but i wanted to be able to control the amount that i was allowing in at the time because to take it all in at once is just way too much especially for me because yeah you know i have anxiety and i have depression like bouts of that and i know exactly what works for me right and i called a bunch of you know, emergency, like, friend emergencies where I was just like, okay, Jonathan, you need to come to my house tonight so, you know, I can see you and we can talk about, you know, my dad passing and just basically the comfort. And my friend Anthony, I was like, okay, like, emergency, you need to come now and just, and that's what the thing, like, friends, if something happens, they're just going to drop everything. 100%. And come to you. But that is up to the person who's grieving yeah. to ask for that. Yeah. Yeah. And it's great, you know, because I was getting a lot of messages from people, yourself included. I I remember it well because what did I do for New Year's Eve this year? I didn't do, I think I just went to Fickle Frog with a couple of people. But like, I remember seeing your Instagram post 
Ugh. Was it on New Year's Eve that you posted that? Yeah, it was New Year's Eve. It was the picture of me holding my dad's hand. And I, like, my stomach dropped. Like, when I saw you post that, mm-hmm. being like, I'm about to say goodbye to my dad. It's like, I don't know what to do. Like I was just like, holy fuck, here I am being this dumb bitch. She's, like, in a fancy dress. Like, <sighs> sad that she's not getting a midnight kiss. Like, <laughs> like, like, stuff that's just so stupid to, like, even be like sad about on new year's eve like and here you are like about to say goodbye to your dad yeah i was just like Ugh. well i, I didn't felt so fucking yeah. terrible like i had no way to tell people mm-hmm. what was happening without having to like you know group text everyone or just so i decided to take that like i took that picture because i wanted a picture of our hands together because we have very similar hands and i was like okay i'm just gonna post this picture and say what's happening and if anyone wants to message me that's great like i'll message them back whenever i get a chance i was just gonna say i feel like that's i i think everyone's different and everyone uses social media differently Mm -hmm. but the good thing about how you did that is people can comment on the picture Mm -hmm. and express condolences but it, you might not feel like you have to get back to them right away on social media. Whereas I feel like if you were to text people or message them, you would be opening up a dialogue that you maybe you weren't ready for yet. Exactly. So and like I only have a, like a select few people on my Instagram, right? Because I want you know anything I do share, I want to be in this small group of people that you know I know and trust. Yeah, and like that are my friends. Yeah, exactly. And then I think I, I put another post up when I did come back to Halifax, and it was a picture of myself as baby and mom and dad, like, holding me. And I wrote, like, this really long post about, you know, how great of a man he was and how much I appreciate having him in my life and everything that he's done for me. And <sighs> Like, that was really hard to do, but I felt like I had to write that because... He didn't want a funeral, so I didn't get a chance right, to, like, tell anybody. How great he is. Exactly. Because not everyone knows him. That's no. That's the thing. Like, maybe, maybe certain, certain friends in your life might, but writing that, A, is probably cathartic for yourself. Yeah. But also will let people know how who he was. Exactly. Because, right? you know, it was just like, oh, it's her, someone's dad. It's like, no, he was more than just my dad. Like, he took care of us so well. He was so selfless. Right. He just worked himself to the bone. Right. And we appreciated everything. And, like, he would never... He wasn't very giving with money. Which I'm so thankful for. Because it made me, you know, work for everything I've ever had. And it really instilled, like, a really strong work ethic. Like, you need to be good at everything Mm -hmm. that you do. Just like what you're doing and do it the best that you can. And you'll come out better at the other end. Right. So, yeah, I was very thankful about that. Um, I did go back to work three days after he passed away. Three days. It was three days. I remember calling my manager because she was messaging me every day, Amanda. Like, we've all worked together for five years now. And so, you know, we're all really close. 
we know exactly what's going on in each other's lives and it's a good support system to have right like a like a work family yeah where it's just very supportive but yeah she was messaging me every day just you know to check in and i was like oh i'm doing all right so when i called i think it was two days after because i wanted to go back pretty soon i was like okay i need to come back i'm just sitting around the house yeah and i need to do something to distract myself if i can just you know steal back and do something that doesn't have to deal with customers because i don't want to break down on the floor yes that's a very good point yeah i was like just you know please just let me just like yep sure nope i understand because you know she knows me and she knows that I need to keep busy. Yeah, busy body. I'm yeah. the same. I would probably be the exact same. Yeah. And you want to know what? Some people might. And it sucks, too, because I feel like if you have people that know that about, like, if they know, like, you went back to work after three days, like, there's probably some people that would judge that. Mm. And fuck them. Seriously, like, everyone's grieving differently. Exactly. And if you are somebody who, even when things aren't tough, that you're keeping busy all the time, that's your normal. Yeah. So, our... Like, it's like a defense mechanism. Like, if you're grieving and you're going through hardships, like, your brain goes to, I need to be normal again. I need to be normal to make myself feel better. Yeah. And how are you normal? You work. Yeah. You, you run errands. (laughs) Like, give yourself as much, I guess, as much time as you think you need to be, quote unquote, a piece of shit. Like, I don't want to shower. I don't, you know what I mean? Like, those things are fine, but... Jumpins, like if you if you really think going back to work is going to help you, do it. Yeah, but like I went back to work, and there was like those rainstorms that we had, like the oh, wind and rainstorms. Yes. So I went to work, and I was out back doing everything. My district manager was in, and he talked to me, and you know, just gave condolences and everything. So I was I was a wreck at work. Like I'm not gonna lie. Right. Like, I was so back. I was crying. Like, just weeping to myself. And no one was saying anything. Like, they'd come up and give me a hug. But aside from that, they would just let me continue doing what I'm doing. Because they knew that it was better than me sitting at home doing that. Yeah. You were... You had people there. Yeah. Like, I was surrounded. I had the support if I needed it. I had a distraction. Yeah. Which is what I needed. Yeah. And... And then the mall closed. <laughs> oh, shit! It was my distraction. It happened two days in a row. Yeah. And Fuck. so, at most, I was at work for three hours at a time. But I am so thankful for those storms. Mm. Because, it, you know, it got me out. It got me to work. Yeah. It got me doing something. And then I could come back home. Right. And, you know, just kind of go into my little... Cocoon. Yeah, cocoon of depression and just crying and yeah and like you never know when you're gonna start crying fuck that's the worst part yeah that's i I feel like the reason i really wanted to do this episode with you specifically because well a you're a strong fucking strong person for coming on here and talking about this um so like all kudos to you but like I've always been terrified of how I would deal with deal with death because I'm and I hate saying it this way, but I'm obsessed with it. And when I say that, I mean, I'm obsessed with I just think I'm going to die every day. Like I, I think about it all the time. It's like an irrational fear of death. 
And my only real true, like I had my first grandmother, my dad's mom, uh, die when I was really young from Alzheimer's. And I was so young back then that I hardly knew her. Hmm. Um, and it was my other grandmother that I actually got close with. And I didn't have any grand, like I didn't know my grandfathers. Yeah. So they all died before I was born. So she was my closest grandparent. And so my only, my really only experience with death when it comes to immediate family was when she died a couple of years ago. And when I found out she died, because it was kind of, um, it was, we were expecting it to happen. So so you had time. You had time to mentally prepare. Still, it's still, it still fucking sucks. Oh yeah. Like regardless of anything, but it was kind of one of those things where you're always waiting for the call. And when I got the call, I didn't cry. I didn't feel sad. I was just kind of like, oh, okay. And I went on with my life, and I was at Fickle Frog. <laughs> Good old Fickle fuck. Frog. The bar of my life, essentially. I should be um, giving you some money for this. Seriously, though. <laughs> and we were talking. I was talking with friends. My friend Elise was there. Elise, if you're listening, hey, girl. Um, Thank you and for being there. I'll Be Missing You came on the, on the like, started playing. Not the, um, not the Faith, I think it might have been the Faith Hill version, actually. I don't remember. But I'll Be Missing You came on. I lost it. Lost it crying. Because it just triggered something in me that I didn't quite get right away. Because I think I wasn't a little bit in shock, even though it was expected. Yes. There was an aspect of shock um, where I didn't cry right away. And I went into that bathroom and I fucking bald and Elise came in and gave me a hug and like Elise if you're listening to this seriously like I appreciate that so much because like if I had been in that bathroom alone who knows like it's so crazy and then and then there's the whole aspect of talking to people about it and yes like whew I'm somebody who can cry at the drop of a hat. And so when I, when I actually, when we actually had her service, it wasn't really a funeral. It was kind of a burial. It was like a burial. And then we had like kind of like a reception at a hall. Yeah. Um, like people were coming up to me that I didn't even know. And I was just losing it every, and me out of everyone in the family was crying constantly about grandma. And, um, it's so fucking hard. Like, oh yeah. Like even when they're very old and, you know it's coming. Exactly. So hard, but I can't even imagine. I can't even imagine being caught off guard like that to a point. Like you said, like you had seen him 11 days earlier. Like, Yeah, and I was like, <sighs> and the last words we said to each other, like we hugged. We said, I love you. And then he was walking down the stairs. I'm like, oh, okay, I'll see you in the spring or in the summer when my vacation is. But yeah, I was really happy to have that moment, you know, just to say, you know, like our last words were I love you and a hug, like so grateful to have that moment. Because if I didn't, like if I didn't see him before, I I felt like I would have missed out. I think that's a lot of people's fear with their parents, like especially if you have kind of a rockier relationship with your parents, you feel like, fuck, I'm going to get a call someday and... Yeah. Like, I should have done this, and I should have done that, and I should have been a better kid, and, like, mm. all of this. And we can only do so much, is the thing. Yeah. And it really fucking sucks, but, like, you really can't hold yourself... What's the word? Like, you can't... You can't blame yourself too much, unfortunately, like, because you're just never going to move on then. No. Um, 
And it's weird because, like, you saying the I love you thing. So I had a call from my mother the other day, which was very bizarre. Like She doesn't call? <laughs> really rarely. But, like, they're about to go on a trip. Oh. Okay. Um, they're going on, like, a river, a river cruise over in Europe. Like, they're going, like, through Germany and Amsterdam and stuff. And it was the weirdest thing because she was calling in to check on me. And, and of course, I'm like, I'm going to be honest, nitpick my life like she does. She's a mom. That's what but moms she, do. That's what they do. But it was weird because she ended up the conversation being like, just want to let you know that I love you. And, like, that rarely happens in my family. We're not very touchy-feely. We're not very, like, we don't really express it verbally a lot. It's just the family that we are. I don't know yeah, what it is. Everyone's different. Everyone's different. And, like, when she said that, I was just like, oh, I love you too. Like. Yeah. And I got off that phone call just thinking, I'm thinking of you and, like, losing your dad. And I'm just like, I'm. That's, I liked that. Like, and normally I would, you know, normally I just be like, yeah, whatever. Like, yeah, okay, bye. <laughs> but it's so important. Yeah. I mean, you're not always going to remember to say it. No. Um, but especially at a certain, when you reach a certain age when your parents are older and you just never fucking know. It, exactly. Like, like, you could hit, it's Halifax. You could hit by a car any day. Yeah, and that's and that is my biggest fear. Across the street, it's a gamble. So, just what were some of the things you did? So, obviously, you said that you spiraled into a depression. We talked with us before off mic about some being someone who's prone to depression, but then having an event kind of trigger it. Yes, in a way, because I think there's people who go through spouts of depression. Or they're just always dealing with depression. Everyone's different. Exactly. I'm someone who has spouts. Uh, mm-hmm. I have times in my life where I definitely don't feel depressed, but I have spouts. Um, yeah. And then having an event like this trigger it. I almost feel like, and this is, might be a weird perspective, but if you're someone who was depressed before or has dealt with it a lot, yeah. and then an event triggers it and really puts you back, puts you in a dark spot, mm-hmm. I almost feel like you'd be pre- better prepared. Prepared in a oh, way? no, I totally because, agree. Yeah, because if you're someone who's never been depressed, mm. never dealt with it, and then you, ha- you lose a parent and your world just gets turned upside down and all of a sudden you're depressed, like, I feel like you just wouldn't know how to deal. No, if I didn't, if I've never dealt with depression before, I think I'd still be in bed. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But, you know, I've, I've gone through bouts of depression throughout my entire life but thankfully my parents were receptive to me when i was a kid asking to go to the doctor to ask to go get help for it so like in high school like i went through a really big bout of depression and an eating disorder and you know they were like yep sure we are going to get you help and thankfully i did because if i didn't like you said, like I'd still be in bed. Um, I, I definitely allowed myself to feel what I was feeling whenever it came up. Right. So if I was happy, you know, for ten minutes, let yourself. I was be like, happy. Fuck yeah. yeah, I am happy. Like hell yeah. Let's sweep this floor. <laughs> <laughs> and focus on the little things. I that know. Make happy. It, yeah, it exactly. Was great. And mm-hmm. when I was. Whenever I feel grief, I, even to this day, like, four months later, like, it hasn't been that long, like, I fully embrace it. Right. I just let myself break down, 
And then whenever I'm done crying, I get up. I'm like, okay, let's continue on with this day. Like, I don't let it affect the rest of my day. That's strength right there. Yeah, because... That's what it is. That's you've the, learned. Like, yeah. you've learned from the past. Like, that's the last thing my dad would want. would want me to be, like, just sad and depressed over this. Right. But, you know, it, it is a huge loss. Like, a major loss in my life. Like, I don't... Ugh, my mom passes. Like, I don't think about that. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, like, ugh, it was... It was definitely a very, very hard couple of months. I just surrounded myself with people who loved me, who loved me unconditionally, will, you know, love me at my worst and love me at my best and, you know, ask for help when I need it. And I know for sure that if ever I ask anyone, they will come running. 100%. Yeah, and my cousin Ian, he messaged me one day and he's like i have the weekend off like i'm gonna come and get you groceries and get you like you know some alcohol and we'll have some drinks and everything like that and yeah. i'm just like you know honestly like i do appreciate it but i'm okay yeah like because in a way sometimes and like that's an interesting thing to bring up because the idea of friends and how friends should should handle yeah. when someone close to them loses a parent or mm-hmm. loses somebody they love like because in a way, depending on what the friendship is, like, if they're showering you with stuff, that's out of the ordinary. That's something a little bit different. Like, yeah, your it, friends might not always come and buy you booze and bring you yeah, tons of food. Comes so, from like, love. So in a way, it's like, if they were to do that, it would be a constant reminder of it. Mm-hmm. And so I kind of get that. The the whole idea of, like, I don't quite need that, but thank you. Like, yeah, it's like, I'm, I'm dealing. Like, yeah. I 100% appreciate the offer. Yeah. Like, of course. Yeah. Like, but I'm doing okay. Yeah. But I, th- like, you know, like, friends are messaging me. And mm-hmm. it was up to me. And thankfully, a lot of people respected that. Like, if I did need to talk, then I would message them. If not, it was just a kind of, okay, I'm going to give space to do what you need to do. That's exactly it. Until you want to talk or you need to talk need or to talk. you need to hang out. You don't want to be alone at this moment. Yeah. Really, it's about putting that message out there to say, I'm fucking here for you. And if you fucking need to talk, you message me right away. Yeah. like But otherwise, I'm going to let you be. But like, and yeah. honest to God, like... I've had many friends in my life who have lost people and holy shit, like, I just want to run to them right away and give them a hug and I just know, like, gotta rein it back. Yeah. <laughs> gotta rein it back, gotta just send a message, let them know. And I think that's so important, that kind of etiquette. It's kind of like etiquette in a way. Yeah, exactly. Like, everyone's different. Yeah. Everyone's different. We spoke of this before. Mm-hmm. And everyone's process is going to be different. I'm a very... Okay, deal with what's happening at the moment. And then kind of slowly let the grief and everything trickle in. But I need to feel like I'm in control of whatever situation I'm in. Or I'm going to break. And that probably goes back to the the depression supposedly you've been through and then the eating disorder. 
I heard something recently that totally changed how I think about stuff like that because it was like I was listening to a podcast and it's the armchair expert with Dax Shepard <laughs> and he has celebrities on and he had Chris Hardwick on Ooh. who I love Chris Hardwick <laughs> I have such a crush on him but they got fucking deep man holy shit the stuff they're talking about and they're talking about the idea that like our what we think are our weaknesses can actually be our strengths so like yes. for example going through something like an eating disorder mm-hmm. that's fucking hard as shit yeah and you wouldn't wish that on on anyone but because you went through it you developed such a strength yeah. that people who haven't don't even know yeah and like the thing um i've lost 15 pounds since my father passed away that was not intentional it was, at first, it was anything I put in my mouth tastes like sand. Mm-hmm. Or, like, even to swallow it was just, it was so difficult. But since, you know, I've gone through this before and I've had therapy for it, I knew exactly what I needed to do. I needed to get myself on a multivitamin. I needed to get meal replacement shakes. Yeah. And I just needed to eat whenever I felt like it, not forcing myself to. So thankfully with the meal replacement shakes, like they give you a lot of calories and a lot of nutrients in right. just a small little container. Mm-hmm. And what I do, like even today, is I keep them at work and I just sip on it throughout my shift. Like I am eating, but I can't seem to be gaining the weight back. Now, smoking is probably having a big factor in that, but... You know, grief you, really does take a physical toll on the body. And you're doing what you can to stay healthy. Yeah. Um, while not shoving food down your throat. Just yeah. Because you feel like you have to and then probably throw it up because you're... Because that's the thing. I'm the same. When I'm going through really hard times or if I'm super upset or if I'm really stressed, I will not have an appetite. No. And I will go like a whole... Like when I went through my really bad breakup... I didn't eat for days. Like, yeah. it was like I had no appetite at all. Mm-hmm. Um, so I totally feel that. But that's, it's interesting that, like, you instantly want to, okay, I know, I know what I gotta do to, like, I need to keep myself alive. So, you know, yes, like, because if you don't have the calories <laughs> in your body, you know, you for your normal body functions, how do you expect your brain to have energy so true. to process this? So true. So, yeah, you know, it's about recognizing what's good for you at the moment and what you need to do the next steps. And I'm just so grateful that I have had therapy in the past where, you know, I I feel so much more equipped to deal with this. Right. Versus never coming across any hard times before in my past and just being like well fuck here's starting from scratch starting from scratch exactly and my motto is if you have shit to deal with any issues like any drama deal with it right then and there yes or like i have access to a counselor like 24 7 which i'm very grateful for um, so I can call her at any time just to talk to her. It's amazing. Yeah. Thank God. Can I have her number? <laughs> <laughs> Hi, this is Wendy. <laughs> Except my issues will be way different. Yeah. <laughs> we'll talk about that on the $20 Patreon episode that we're hopefully going to do after this one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, it's it was definitely 
good to have yeah. resources and family and friends to support and just to realize that it's going to take time because I was trying to rush feeling better. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to feel like a zombie anymore. Yeah. And that's, it actually reminds me of a very close friend of mine who lost her mother, um, like this past summer and she had cancer so like there's an aspect of that of kind of expecting it but at the same time still freaking terrible but I remember just as a friend thinking to myself okay so this particular friend like again might not really be a feelingsy person like you know our heart to hearts are few and far between but when we have them they're very good but I just knew that her as a person is kind of a more private person and you know whatever steps I take as a friend in that moment to be there for her I need to make sure that I'm not overstepping those boundaries that she has set and I remember making the decision to go to the funeral um what are your thoughts on that having friends show up at funerals or wakes because like I remember when I did it Oh, I'll cry now. But uh, we sat near the back. Feel your feet. And, like, let me just say, if you're listening, you know who you are, and I fucking love you so much. Like, I, um, it it was the first close friend that I've had that lost a parent. Like, really close friend. Um, so while I didn't know the parent, I, or know her well, anyway, um, I'm so close with that friend, and... I'm going for you. Like, I'm going to be a support for you. But, like, when I walked in that church, it was full. It was full. It was packed to the brim. And we sat kind of near the back. Yeah. And, you know, there's that moment where, like, the people walk up the aisle with the with the coffin. Mm-hmm. And I saw her. And I looked at her. And I mouthed the words to her, I love you. Oh. And I just lost it. <laughs> of course. Because I was just like, I we haven't seen each other yet throughout this whole thing. Like, like she was she was there with her mom for many months. Mm. She had those moments. Like she made the choice to like because it was cancer. So you only she have knew. so much time. She knew and she she made the choice to be with her. Which is so like it's so like it's cancer fucking sucks. Like I can't stress that enough, but like just the idea of having that time. Whether that be a few months yeah. or a moment. Like, exactly. it's it's nice to have that comfort. Yeah. And I remember just being at that funeral and just being like, you know, like, I'm really fucking glad I came. Because I would want my friends there. Oh, That's the type of person I am. Like, if, if that happened to me, number one, I'm the youngest in my family and I've always felt awkward around my family. <laughs> so, oh. like, being in family <laughs> situations, like, I'm yeah. always just feel like I'm the black sheep and, like, I... Ugh, I just want to talk to my friends. So, like, if that was me, if I saw my friends in the in the aisle, I would that would mean the world to me. It would be Do you so know what I mean? Comforting. So, yeah, like I, you know, if Dad did have a funeral, I would really love for my friends to come to support yeah. me. And a lot of my friends have known my dad like throughout the years. Like, he'd give us drives into town. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of how you know your friend's parents. Like, you yeah. know, on a level of, you hear about all the shit they do wrong as a parent from your friends. And you you hear, like, you know what I mean? Like, you're kind of a bystander in a way. Mm-hmm. In the backseat of a car, even. Yeah, like- definitely. <laughs> um, 
since dad didn't have a funeral, I kind of felt like I missed out on that aspect. On that. Um, yeah. Did have a couple of other losses between, you know, dad passing and now. I did have to put my cat down. Muffin. <sighs> Fuck. Oh, my God. And that happened two months after. Two months after? But um, she had this issue where she couldn't, she couldn't poop, basically. Yeah. And it has happened before, and I did make the decision last year. If anything does come up with this again, then that would be the time. Right. Because she's 13 years old. Oh, that's older. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, That's a good life. Yeah. And the vet said that, you know, she was showing signs of, like, diabetes and, like, kidney problems and everything like that. And I was like, okay. Yeah. This is the time. Yeah. I didn't feel guilty about yeah. it because I've... Because <coughs> you don't suffer anymore. Yeah. I chose to make the decision when I wasn't emotionally involved in that moment. Right. And I followed through with it. And I'm very thankful that I did. And that's kind of the good thing with pets and animals because, I mean, and, and there's many times where pets will die unexpectedly as well, but like if you take them to the vet and the vet detects it you have that decision to make to just put them down peacefully and that's kind of a blessing in a way even though it still fucking sucks it was hard i i have that cat over there and i'm pointing at her right now (laughs) is my fucking heart and when i got her i just knew because my sister's a vet so she's seen some shit. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, I just knew I'm making it. Like, and that's the thing. There's a lot of shitty pet owners out there that don't realize, like, when you're adopting a pet, that's, uh, you know, a, a you know, it's, yeah. it's up to 19 years, essentially. That's a I commitment. I mean, they could live till 19. Yeah. Or even older. But it's a commitment. And you are going to see that cat through its whole life. Yeah. And unless heaven forbid, like, you die before them. But, like, I've made jokes. I'm like, Mindy, you're going to outlive me. For the love of God, I'm never going to see you die. I feel like you're going to live a long life. Don't worry about that. But, like, it's this aspect of, like, you have this creature in your life every day. And they greet you. And they're there for you. And it's like they have their little quirks that you learn. And it's just like, holy fuck, I'm... There's no way I'll ever be prepared for putting my cat down. No. I, it, oh, it was hard. Yeah, like, I, I remember imagine. the vet. She was like, "Do you want to be in the room?" Where are you? Put her down. And Michelle was with me because she drove me, and you know, obviously, she's there. She's my best friend. And I would like. Lose it. I broke it down. Like I lost my dad two <sighs> months prior. Like I saw him pass away, like firsthand, like physically touching him as he was taking his last breaths. Mm-hmm. And, like, I was so, I was so worked up. I was crying so hard. And I could barely speak. And I said to the vet, like, I apologized for being so upset. (laughs) They're used to it. They've seen it all. Like, how Canadian is that? Yeah. (laughs) I'm sorry. I'm crying. (laughs) So true. But, like, I did tell her. I'm like, I recently did, you know, see my dad pass away. Yeah. And she's like, okay. So you it mo- is best for you not to be in the room. And I am so grateful that she said that. And she hugged me. And she was just so loving. And like, I don't know if any, all vets are like that. But this, 
this vet was amazing. Oh, that's nice. Like she was just like, you know, you've done the best that you could possibly do for this cat and like like I support your decision and I know this is hard. Yeah. And you take as much time as you need to say goodbye. And you get to have that moment with the cat. Yeah. Beforehand. Oh my god, I'm gonna cry again. Fuck. I, I just don't like like cause Mindy's my life. Like I just can't even imagine. Um and I get that because when my um when my cat growing up got sick and had to be put down, I was younger. I was like fifteen, sixteen. But I remember it being like who's going to go in the room with the cat? And I think it was my my sister and my dad. But I made the decision not to yeah. for the same thing. I was like, I don't really want to see my cat like that. I would rather just have that last image in my head as something else. Yeah. Holy fuck, that's hard. I can't. I just can't. Yeah, I was... I can't imagine. I remember I my boyfriend called and I couldn't talk. So I got Michelle to talk to him because I was so worked up. So he went and he bought me a keyboard <laughs> because I expressed that I wanted to learn how to play it. Oh, so like he, a piano keyboard? Yeah. And he, I was picturing a computer keyboard for no, some no, reason. No, yeah, like, sorry, oh, yeah, sorry. so sweet. <laughs> yeah, oh my God. But it was a, okay, what can we do to constructively, you know, bring this grief into something that's going to be beautiful? Oh, that's nice. So, thank like it was a great present. Like it was his birthday. Are you and Are you learning that? I am. It's oh, great. I'm learning that's... a song that I absolutely love and I've learned to learn for a really long time. And it's taking you so long to learn, but it's oh. slow and steady process and I'm learning it. It's great. That's beautiful. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, I I definitely think that, you know, finding something instructive to do yeah. to channel your grief. Oh. It's great. Like, take something completely negative, so sad, and try to make something beautiful and positive. It and try it. to almost make it like something that's going to better your life too. Yeah, because it's going to suck. Like, it's going to suck going through those hard times. But like, now you have a hobby. Now you have something to look forward to. Yeah. Like my friend who lost her mom. She is now on a like five month hike on the Pacific Crest Trail. Like, living her goddamn life. That sounds amazing. Like, like went through really a really hard time losing her mom. Went through that shitty, shitty like, low lows and is now like, you know what? I always went to hike that trail, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go fucking hike that trail now. So inspired her to live her life. Exactly. And that's what I always think about. And, I, and like, seeing friends do this is going to make me more prepared when it happens to me. Because yeah. I know, like... My friends did this, so so can I. Like everyone is going to go through this. Like that is the main. That's thing. the scary part. You don't know when it's going to happen. You don't know who it's going to be. God no! But it's just... going to happen, and everyone's journey through it is going to be different. Yeah. Like I remember. Like there's the five stages of grief. Yeah. What are they? They're. What's the first one? <laughs> Let me. Oh, she wrote it down. Wendy has of notes. Of course, She's I would write it. She's such a great guest. <laughs> the first time she brought her diary, now she brought notes. Okay, so the five stages are denial, anger, bargaining, depression, and acceptance. So I get a lot of those. The two that I don't really understand in terms of death is denial and bargaining. Like, how can you bargain? Yeah, like in the thing, like I've done a lot of reading on it because 
I do research, so I need to know for sure, like, what's going on. What's um, going on with me? <laughs> yeah, I'm like, do, do tell me what steps I'm going to go through with this. With denial, like, with something so sudden, you can't be in denial about it. That's very true. Because, like, my dad, he cracked his skull hemorrhaging in the brain, and you can't, you know, argue or say that's not real. Like, that's a fact. That's medical fact. Like, something has happened. But, like, what I have learned is these five stages, it's not all, it's not supposed to be in order. Oh, that's so true. Like, anger. I became super fighty. Like, there was a guy, I was walking up the street, had my headphones in, it was two days after dad passed away and he was standing outside a bar and he said something to me and like I, was he catcalling he was catcalling Fuck. i had my headphones in i didn't actually have my music on because you know obviously if you have headphones in you think that someone's gonna you know respect and not say anything to you right but i didn't say anything back to him he was just like hey you know Fuck. and i didn't say anything and he was like fucking bitch oh go and i was like yourself. So I, fuck yeah, so I stopped, I turned around, I approached him, I cussed him out, he was starting to cuss me out, and I was, like, it got to a point where I was just, I yelled at him, I was like, listen, my father just fucking died a couple days ago, I do not need this. Mm-hmm. He was like, oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm like, and that makes what you said all right? Like, yeah, that, really, though. Like, like, what makes you think that saying that I'm a fucking bitch and stuck up because I won't talk to you? Like, I don't have to talk to anybody. Yeah. Ever. Yeah. Unless yeah. I want to. Like, just because you're on the street saying something to me does not mean I have to respond. And I was hired up. And I was like, I need to, get, I need to leave. Like, if I don't leave right now, I'm going to punch this guy in the face and I'm going to lose. <laughs> right. So I just kept on walking. But, yeah. And w- would you normally be the type of person to do that? Yeah. Ding, <laughs> 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 ding! <laughs> Which I, you know... I love that. You know, some people have talked to me about it. You oh. know, confronting people on the street talking to me like that and just getting up in their face and being confrontational. Like, trying to educate them. Like, you know, this is not okay. And they're just like, you know... One of these days, like, someone is not going to react well to you right. trying to educate them about what's, ex- like, what's supposed to be socially acceptable. Yeah. And stab you. Oh, God. Or, like, attack you. And I'm like, mm-hmm. I don't know what, though. Mm-hmm. Like, no, no. And, yeah, I was so stubborn about it. But, you know, I was like, if it really comes down to it, like, there are some crazy people out there. There is, Yeah. But we can't, as women, be passive to the shit no, anymore. It's the thing, like, like yeah, you're kind of putting yourself at risk. You gotta have a head on your shoulders and know how to react to that. Mm-hmm. But like, as women, we're we're too socialized to be like just polite and don't cause conflict and don't don't stir the pot. <laughs> and it's like I fucking like ballsy women who will talk back and because who knows? Who knows? Like. Yeah, maybe you're going to talk back to some guy who just doesn't even, that just goes right over their head. But maybe you talk back to a guy and he has a, a thought in his head of, like, maybe I shouldn't do that again. Yeah. Like, like, you might change someone's way of thinking. Yeah, like, I can handle someone catcalling me. Yeah. Because 
I have enough confidence to say, you know what, this is not right. Yes. You should not be talking to women like this. Whereas, you know, the next person that walked down that street and this person said that to them, like yeah. that could destroy them. That's very true. But, you know, I have to pick and choose my battles. That's just exactly it. Like, I, it's probably smart for me to, you know, say something to someone if I'm in a group versus by myself. Yeah. On the street. That's, that's at true. night. That's true. Like, that, that's the logic part of it. Right? Yeah. Like, you know, I can. You assess can, the situation. I can always call the cops if, you know, I feel like I'm in danger. But mm. being a strong woman and not saying something is really hard. <laughs> yes. Thank you. Like, <laughs> that's, like that's my thing. I, I, oh, you nailed it. You really nailed it. Like, I just want to. Just cuss them out or say something eloquently and, you know, just tear them down respectfully. Yeah. Without getting aggressive. But at this point, I was very aggressive and I was looking for a fight. You're I angry wanted as fuck. I wanted to get all this energy out and I didn't care if it was gonna be this random guy on the street that I wanted to just punch. And just take all my anger and, you know, frustration as to why why did this happen? Like, why did my dad pass away? Like, right. I just wanted someone to fight. And you know what? Better, kind of in a way, better it be a stranger than a friend. Because I imagine, like, d- did you lash out at any friends during this time? Like, I didn't. Did, uh, that's good. I am not an aggressive person. I will say what I need to say. Right. Even... If it is going to hurt. Right. And that sucks for everyone involved. But I think being firm with people and honest. Yes. Is the best way to be versus everything's okay. I'm going to sweep it under the rug. So thankfully, like I have, I have nothing that is weighing down on me right now. If I have anything that's weighing down on me, I express it. Mm-hmm. I don't hold it in. I don't bottle it up because shit needs to be dealt with and there's no point in holding it in. Yes. I'm just, yeah, I totally agree. It's exactly yeah. how I deal with things too. Yeah. And going back to the anger thing, do you ever feel like someone, like like you lost your dad unexpectedly so and you're around people and you you went back to work after 3 days. Do you ever find yourself hearing other people complain about their life and just want to say like fuck off? Like <laughs> like this happened to me. Like what you're going through is nothing. Like have, did you ever feel that that need? Cuz as a friend, like Sometimes I'm just like, ah, fuck, I can't, I can't complain about my life because what these people are going through is, is so much bigger than what I'm going through. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, and I can imagine having like anger and sadness and all these emotions. Like maybe a part, like, does a part of you ever want to just be like, fuck off, what, your life is so small <laughs> like, compared to what I'm doing. No, um, thankfully no one, I think everyone has respected this time. That I've had, or this, you know, these four months, and, you know, they let me 
go through everything that I need to go through and, you know, like I said, call to call on them if need be, but no one has actually come to me with any major issues because at the moment I can't handle that. Right, that's so true. And I acknowledge that. Mm-hmm. And thankfully everyone around me knows that. Like there's only so much one person can handle at a time. Jesus, yeah. And yeah. Ugh, I was at work two weeks after Dad passed away. And this lady from Ganesh came in because I recognized her and like I helped her before and she's coming in to return a pair of shoes that I bought from her. And she, you know, saw me at the counter and she came up, put her bag down, and she was like your, ba- your dad passed away recently, didn't he? Oh, God. Why would you ever? Yep. And I was like... What the hell? So, like, I was like, how do you know that? Like, I got super defensive. And she's like, oh, well, I remember from last time, and I'm from Maine Ganesh. And I was like, why would you say that to me right now? I'm at work. Seriously. And I was, I was just, I was working with Rachel at the time. And I was just like, Rachel? can you come deal with this person? And I went out back. Ugh. And I was like, in my mind, I'm like, you fucking cunt. Seriously. How dare you come to my work and bring it up that way instead and of being like, you? it's like, your father passed away just so nonchalant and be like, instead of, because she knew exactly who I was. She could have said, I'm so sorry about or, your loss. Uh, yeah. Anything. Anything aside yeah. from, like, happy bubbly. Oh, your father passed away recently, didn't he? It's just oh like. Oh my God. So I, and, oh, thank God Rachel came over and she was dealing with her. I went up back. I just started bawling. Because it's like, way to pick at a scab that's super fresh. Do people not have any social tact? Oh, do not even get me started on social tact. My poor mom works, you know, in the public arena. People come up to her and ask her daily, so when are you going to get married again? Shut up. Yeah. This. Oh my God. Yeah. It hasn't been four months and you know people in the family have been like oh well we can see after a year after grand passed that you can start dating again or find um, someone else mom's like no i married this person and that's it i am not looking for anyone else that is and the it's one none per- of their business except like random people coming up like this one <sighs> girl that my mom works with came up to her and said well, we all know why you didn't have a funeral for your husband because we know you can't afford it. Oh my god! And okay, first off, my dad didn't want a funeral. Mm-hmm. That is not him. He's not a social person. There <laughs> was not, and it's frivolous. It is a hundred percent. I totally agree. That was that's my dad. He was very you know stingy, but he was very economic conscious. So for someone to come up and say that, like, oh my god, it's like if, you don't know him. Like, like, if I see this person, oh yeah, I am going to fucking poke out her other eye, and she will be blind. <laughs> I love you, said her other I eye. I do not care. Yeah, I will go to jail. And it's that fucking small town. Everybody knows everybody. Everyone's in everyone's business. Mm-hmm. Everyone, like. Love of God, read something in the local newspaper and it's gospel. If they, you know what I mean? Like, it's just like, get over yourselves. Like, there's I, such a big world out there mm-hmm. and people are going through so much shit. Yeah. And like, fucking asking her about being remarried? What yeah. the fuck? That's so fucked up. Like, have some respect. 
Like, my mom is a very religious person. And she's, what she's saying now is like, my husband has passed away. I am now, I'm married to God. Mom has mm. always wanted to be a nun. But, mm. you know, she chose to have a family. Interesting. Yeah, she's, she's super religious. Doesn't impose it, thankfully, because sorry, I don't believe in God. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, like I'd love to do a podcast just about the idea of the small town mentality and the growing up with religion. Like yeah. I kind of want to do an episode all about that. Just the idea that religion's kind of inf- inflicted on you at s- such a young age, especially yeah. in you're baptized where like, we're from. <laughs> where, like, when do you ever get a choice to be yeah. baptized? Like, no, it happens within weeks of being born. It's insane. Stupid. And you gotta find your own way. But I mean, you know, to each their own. If you're into that, you're into that. But the fact of the matter is, mind your own goddamn business. And don't bring up people's loved ones dying just so fucking casually. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Because, like, if that woman had said that to you in in the sense of, if she approached it like, oh, like, like, you look familiar. You must be from Anaganesh. Like, I heard about your dad. I'm so sorry. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, like, that's how you say just it. Just something a little bit more tactful. Or maybe just, like, don't say it at all. Yeah. <laughs> like, if you have to say it, like, don't say it in that way. Holy shit. I was so angry. Oh, my God. And I just remember just ranting for days. I don't blame you. <laughs> I don't blame you. Because, you know, when you're grieving, you want to find something else to focus on. 100%. And it's easy to find something else to focus on instead of thinking about what's actually happening so what what were the ways that you learned to have fun again it really happened after my grandmother's funeral which wasn't very uh far back like she passed away in april and you know i was able to get closure because i was seeing family because it was my dad's mother who passed away my grammy it was this past april yeah. Oh, goodness. So a lot has happened in the past couple of months. Um, Jesus. Yeah, Holy fuck. It has been rough. Um, Wendy, I'm so, like, that's insane. <laughs> your dad, then the cat, and then your grandma? I can't. That's a lot. Yeah. It, at least with Grammy, you know, it was very, you know, it was. More expected. She was 92. She was kind of sick anyway. So it was, you know, more of. When versus a shock. Right. Um, but yeah, it was good to go to Grammy's funeral. In a way, it was more like a dual service. <sighs> That's nice. Because, you know, what they were saying about Grammy, you could definitely relate it to dad. And, you know, dad was the firstborn. He was the only son of Grammy's. And it was nice to have the entire family there. A lot of people came up before and after the service to give their condolences. Like his cousins, which I've, who I've never met before saying like, I'm so sorry to hear about your father and you must be Graham's daughter. Like we can totally tell you're tall and skinny. <laughs> right. <laughs> so it was nice to have closure that way. And like that comfort, because I feel like since dad didn't have a funeral, I missed out on, like, we all missed out on that. Right. We didn't feel the family support. It was, he passed away. Okay, now we just kind of continue on with our lives. We didn't, right. We didn't it's, feel it's, that. It's, it is a sense of closure. Yeah. So I feel like that has really helped. Um, what I've even done today is my day off. And I was just like, you know, we need a, I need a day to myself. 
Hell yeah. Just need to focus on myself. So I went and I bought some food. I dyed my hair. I cut my hair. I, you know, watched a couple of movies and just kind of hung out with myself. Good for you. That's so important. Yeah, just relaxed and had no expectations put on me for the day and just just choose to be happy and you know for me being happy is cleaning (laughs) it's very therapeutic or hanging out with my friends or you know hanging out with my boyfriend and playing video games or watching a movie or i have to say watching comedies oh that's a big one stand up and movies yeah such an escape such a, a good escape because you can Big be time. in the worst mood ever and completely sad, but if you can find something that'll just make you laugh. Oh, yeah. Big for an time. hour. It's great. And then just embrace feeling sad when it comes up. Like, that's a, that's such a good good thing to say. Like, last week, I was out back preparing for a delivery and moving boxes to, you know, for when they came in. And I just broke down crying. And I don't know where it came from. I think it was... You know, just the past couple of months with all these losses that has been happening. And I just started crying. And I started crying really hard. And my coworker came back. And she noticed that I was crying. And she's like, you okay? I'm like, yeah, a wave of grief just came over me. Right. She's like, okay. She's like, do you want a hug? I'm like, I'm good. And then she's like, okay. It's a really great way to say it. A wave of grief. Yeah. Because you never know when it's going to happen. Like, I did have a flash of dad, like, laying in the bed, passed away. And I went on break, and, you know, I was still crying. And then my manager came back. She's like, what's wrong? I'm like, I'm just thinking about dad. That's all I had to say. And she just, like, wrapped me in a hug because she is an amazing person. She's very loving. (laughs) And I'm so appreciative to have all like those people at work and especially her and she's like you know take as much time as you need like there's nothing going on just clock back in and just stay back here a while Mm. so fuck like i it's gonna take a long time but you need to just whoever is going through this like it's gonna take time and can't rush it you can't think that okay a month from now i'm gonna be okay or two months from now, I'm going to be happy. It's like, you just have to feel what you're feeling at the time. And not feel guilty for feeling happy. I was just going to say that. Because when you were talking about your when you're, your self-care day. Like, mm-hmm. I think sometimes when people lose people, they might think, I'm not allowed to be happy because, like, I don't want them to think that I don't miss them. Or them being gone isn't affecting me and it's just like goodness gracious like you can't i know it's hard but like you can't think that way no it's not because they want you to to be happy they love you like i can't imagine if dad saw me you know crying four months later about him he'd be like what are you doing like i'm gone why are you still crying yeah but at the same time you know it's me (laughs) are you someone who believes in mediums I do, in a way. I watch a lot of BuzzFeed Unsolved, <laughs> like ghosts and stuff. Would um, you ever do something like that? I don't think I would this close to losing so many people. 
That makes sense. I think it would be absolutely terrifying. You'd but, have a lot. You'd have a lot around you. Yeah, <laughs> um, they'd be overwhelmed. I definitely do feel. You know that my dad and my Grammy are still around me. Like they still have a really positive influence in my life, but I don't know if I would want to make contact. Right. Just yet. Yeah, that makes total sense. Like in my family, um, chickadees. Whenever we see chickadees, we always say it's my grampy. Because my grampy passed when I was seven years old. And he loved chickadees. And we always see them around the house. And even in Halifax, I'm always seeing them. I'm like, oh, hi, grampy. And then my Uncle Jack passed away. And we'd always see two chickadees. I'm like, oh, hi. Like, it's you two. Like, it's great. So anytime I see chickadees, I'm like, Reminded. That's them. Like, they're here to visit. And I know some people will think that's weird, but that's just the way it is in my family. We we see, like, birds as, like, you know, messengers coming to comfort you. And even though, you know, my mom's super religious, she's still a little superstitious as well. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Yeah. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Oh, man. So, yeah. I love stuff like that. Yeah. It's really sweet. It's comforting. It is, and even if it's just like the sun coming out, because no matter, I like the thing is too. I'm like I'm not trying to. I'm. I don't want to shift the convo to the whole God or afterlife thing, but like it is comfort. Like there's no way you can love someone and then have them die, and for you to think that their essence is not still around. Yeah, you need like to there's feel no like way there's a connection. Still there's no there. way. Like like no matter who you are. Someone's impacted your life. They're going to live on. Mm-hmm. They are. Like, there's no way. Yeah. Fuck. It's so hard to let them go. Mm. And to know that, you know, they are gone. They're never coming back. But to have those little reminders of them is great. Like, when my dad passed away, all I wanted was his jackknives. Because... That is something he's always had on him. That's oh, my dad, too. And I carry it with me. Like, it's in my <sighs> purse right now. Yeah. And it's just something that I can hold on to and still feel like I'm connected to him. Mm. Even though I physically can't see him, I still feel a connection with him. Like, I'm not a religious person at mm. all. But it is hard when people are like, well, once you're dead, you're dead. It's like. There's no way. Yeah, like, like it's it's comforting for the person who is lost versus, like, just knowing that when they're gone, they're gone. Like, even when I hear songs, like, I remember I was sitting down and I was listening to the radio and CCR came on and that was, like, my dad's favorite band and I just broke down crying. Yeah. And it was a really good moment because if you don't grieve... Then it's like you've never loved. Because if you are grieving, then you have truly loved in your life. Like, you loved that person. Like, you wouldn't be feeling these intense emotions unless that person had a really good impact on your life. Like, you wouldn't be feeling that loss. And to be grieving and to feel that pain is a gift in a way. Because 
Because it means you loved. It means you, you loved. You loved really hard. And, and they loved you. And yeah. you missed that. And if you didn't have that, then that'd be sad. Like, mm-hmm. if I didn't feel devastated about my dad or my cat or my grandmother passing away, then they wouldn't have had a positive impact in my life. But I am so grateful that they did have a really good impact in my life. And they were so loving and they were so supportive. And my cat was all about the love. (laughs) (laughs) And it made you who you are in a way, too. They did. Like, my Grammy was the most positive person I've ever known. She's never held a grudge. I've never heard her say a negative thing about anyone in my entire time I've known her. So to have that person in my life, it was huge. Yeah. (sighs) And I'm so thankful for that. And that's the way I try to live my life. I try to be as positive I was just gonna say, as I can. Because you talking about your dad and your gra- and your grandmother, like, I'm hearing you describe them. And I'm like, that's you. Like, <laughs> it is, though. Yeah. Like, you're, you're a selfless, kind person. <laughs> Thank you. Like, you're one of the, honest to God, you are. You're going to make that, me cry. <laughs> and, that's, and that's them coming out in you. And that's why they're living on. Yeah. Fuck. This podcast, <laughs> Wendy, you're killing me. Can we talk about porn again? What's going on here? <laughs> I don't think I feel comfortable with that. <laughs> but it's so true. And like, no matter what you believe, like, you fucking said it. Like, if you're grieving, you really loved. Like, that's a beautiful quote. Yeah. That's that's what it is. You wouldn't <sighs> be feeling those intense emotions unless they had a positive influence on your life. But. When yeah. someone's gone, they're not gone. No, they're certainly not. Like them. And that's why I feel so strongly and I and I kinda get obsessed with the news sometimes when like when there's murder cases or like missing people. Because fuck. I mean, like, I can't imagine not like you have you have the police saying they're dead, but you don't have a body, so you don't fucking know. Oh, jeez. So like, hard. that, that, like, there's something about that that really fucks me up. Yeah, like, they could be chained somewhere. In a, yeah. in a shed. Yeah, like, like, closure is good in the sense of, like, you can move on. Like, they're always going to be with you. They're not gone. But, like, you know they're gone and you're going to move on with your life. But, like, just the idea of, like, not having that closure. Like, ten years later. Yeah. We found remains in the woods. Can you imagine? And they had to do, like, dental record checks. Yeah. And and then finally, 10 years later, this family gets closure. closure. I couldn't imagine going 10 years or however long, not knowing if this person's still alive. Especially parents with kids. I just, I can't. It, there's something about it that, like, I don't know, just hits me really hard. Fuck. It's just, it's really hard. And like I said, I'm petrified of death. I'm scared about how I'm going to deal with it. I have no idea how I'm going to deal with it. I really don't. I mean, I think... Your own death? Or people people around me. Okay. (laughs) I know how I'm going to deal with my death. I'm going to haunt fucking people. Okay? (laughs) (laughs) But but death to me is something I think about a lot. Mm. I've mentioned this a number of times on the podcast, but like, I think about it a lot. And I'm not someone who goes to sleep easily at night. Yeah, I've seen you're like, 1 o'clock or 1 a.m. Like, like, this is the earliest I've been, like, going to sleep. But the thing is, is, like, I will be on the verge of sleep and I will get what I call, like, little mini night terrors. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and it, it keeps me up at night and I, my mind just, my, I just have a mind that goes places and then it keeps going. And because I have this fear of dying unexpectedly, I just have this irrational fear that somehow my death is going to be unexpected or an accident or something like that. But then I also, I'm just like really scared of my parents dying and or my friends dying because I'm like holy fuck I don't know how I'm gonna deal um but like we've said I hope that because I've gone through hardships before Mm -hmm. I will be able to like I I will have that strength and hopefully I'll be okay yeah of course you're gonna be okay yeah and even if it takes longer for you to get to the okay point that's okay then yeah it's okay to not be okay like I so true my friend Holly messaged that to me because she's like, how are you doing? I'm like, oh, I'm doing good. She's like, you know it's okay to not be okay, right? Yeah. Because, of course, I do not want to put, like, a, a weak friend on. Like, I I feel like I have to be strong and, you know, be courteous to people around me. But it got to the point where I was like, you know, if I'm, be- I'm feeling sad, I'm going to feel sad. Exactly. And I am not going to consider other people's feelings at this moment because what i'm feeling right now is a lot more important than their comfort level yes oh and that's if great. they yeah, are so true yeah like if they are true friends they're not gonna care if i'm breaking down like randomly because they know exactly what i've been going through and of course anyone's gonna crack under that pressure fuck yeah <sighs> so what what advice would you have if someone's listening to this and say they're going through, say it's fresh? Um, you kind of already gave advice, but mm-hmm. is there anything else that you would say to those people? Just take your time. Take your time. Yeah. Don't rush it. Everyone is different. Everyone's grief process is different. You just need to listen to what your body needs mm. and what your heart needs and your emotional state. Like, if you need to be around people, be around people. If you need to be by yourself, just locked up in a room crying, watching sad movies, then do that. Do not put pressure on yourself. Mm-hmm. Because this is having this loss in your life is going to be the biggest thing probably loss-wise you're going to deal with. Yeah. I feel like parents or like spouses are the two big ones. Yeah, and you can't prepare for it. Yeah. You don't know how you're going to be Mm -hmm. a year after. Like, you're never going to be the same person. No. And you just have to deal with who you are after these events have occurred. And just keep yourself surrounded by positive people and people who love you unconditionally no matter what. Yeah. And I think in a way, when you lose someone, it almost makes you appreciate the people around you a little more each time that you lose someone. Yes. Because you're like, holy shit, like, I need to tell these people I love them. Yeah, like, because you never know. is really fragile. It like, really is. my dad so slipped and fell on ice. That's the scary like, scary that's, part about it. That's it. He slipped and fell. Like, like a lot of people slip and fall. And you know? he's gone. And yeah. that's all it took. So, like, 
you don't know when your last day is going to be. So you need to, you know, carpe diem, seize the day. Mm-hmm. Because you never know when your day is going to be the last one. I know that sounds really, you know, dark, but you just have to live your life while you have it. There's no point sitting around moping. You know, there is times and place for that when you need to, but you need to just move on and just get back to your happy self. And well, that's who I am, my happy self. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just like happy and bubbly and just enjoying life. And yeah, like just. You owe yourself it. That's the thing. Yeah. People need to realize that. Yeah. That they owe themselves that. Like, don't beat yourself up over something you can't control. Ugh. It's so true. <laughs> Those things that you can't control, and th- it stresses me out too. Mm-hmm. But there's nothing you can do. No, you just have nothing to continue on being yourself, and hopefully, situations will be resolved and grief will ease with time. Like, I don't get as many flashbacks as I usually do, like I have over the past couple months of, you know, seeing dad laying there lifeless. So it really does take time and patience and just being super kind to yourself. Yeah. Like, I I haven't... Self-care. Yeah, like, I I think I made food maybe five times in these past four months. Like, I have grown relying on takeout. Yeah. Heavily. Because I do not feel like cooking. But I know I need to eat. So I'm like, fuck it. I'm going to spend the money and I'm going to get, like, a $14 lunch or supper or something like that. Like, just... Take care of yourself the way you need to personally be taken care of. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Self-care is so important. So I hope whoever's listening to this, whoever's gone through this, can take comfort that you're not alone. And it's an individual process. But And your process is your process. And you're going to come out the other side. going to come Exactly. That's... And it doesn't matter how long it takes for you to get there. And everyone is going to understand. Gosh, no one so is going to judge you for grieving. Yeah. For however long you need to grieve, do not be hard on yourself. Yeah. Good. Thank you so much for coming on. This You're was welcome. This was beautiful. <laughs> it was sad, but beautiful. Yeah, I felt like, you know, we, it needed to be talked about because... Everyone goes through Everyone this. goes, yeah, everyone goes through it. Whether you're a friend of someone who's going through it or whether you're going through it. Like, yeah, it's, it's, it's unavoidable. Yeah, it's going to happen. Yeah. And, you know, prepare yourself the best you can, but you never really can fully repair. But just know that it's, it's going to get better. It's just going to take time. Yeah, that's exactly it. So I want to thank you for coming on. Thank you for having me. Because I think this is going to be a really touching episode for a lot of people. I think a lot of people need to hear this. And uh, it takes a fucking strength, let me tell you, to get on a mic and talk about it. So you're a very strong, strong lady. Um, Stronger than I think you think you are. Oh, thank you. So so thanks so much, Wendy. And hopefully you'll be back. Oh, you're going to come back on. Of course I'm going to come back You're regular at this point. This is episode, second episode. (laughs) Two in, we're good. Yeah. (laughs) Perfect. Well, thanks so much. And I thought we didn't do too bad with the wine. 
But we're gonna maybe finish the one. There's like a half a bottle left. That's I know. Impressive. We gotta we gotta kill that. <laughs> it's gonna go bad otherwise. <laughs> um, but thanks so much, Wendy. And thank you. So you do the honors. Ring that bell. Ding 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 ding. Ah. <laughs> 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 <laughs>